Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, in his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I am Carrie Ransom, and we are, for the first time in Accelerate OC's history, we are live on Zoom for the first time. And today's episode is still sponsored by my favorite sponsor, near and dear to my heart, OC4 Venture Studio, which is a new tech startup company building platform and community that is building here in Orange County. And if you are looking for help with your startup or opportunities to work with the next generation of high growth companies here, or you want to be part of the Orange County startup community, you can go to OC4V.com and learn more. I am really happy to uh, have this inaugural Zoom conversation, and which we are only doing it because of circumstances, uh, with my friend Sinan Kanatsis. And really excited to have him on Accelerate OC today. We've talked at length about this over the last many months. And before we get to hear from Sinan and his amazing journey, his entrepreneurial stories, and he always has a lot of wisdom to share as well, let me tell you first a little bit about him. He is currently the CEO of KCOM, which is a PR and marketing agency that he started here over 20 years ago. And I believe he did it even while he was in grad school. He works with and has worked with many of the most prominent and largest companies here in Orange County on one hand, as well as some of the fastest growing and innovative ones as well. And he's also the founder and current chairman of the Internet Marketing Association, which is a global organization he started that connects and supports marketing professionals with leading experts, ideas, and insights. He recently spun off another group from that of a group of senior executives and leaders called International Executive Council, and I believe the first chapter of it is here, principally in Orange County, but also uh, in Southern California, and they bring together growth-minded leaders to learn and connect as well. So he's done a lot through the IMA and uh, also with IEC. He's been awarded many times over the years. He was named a 40 under 40 leader, a featured entrepreneur of the year by OC Metro Magazine. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was knighted uh, by a, a prince uh, in the Royal House of Savoy for his philanthropic involvement. So maybe we'll have a chance to learn a little bit more about that today. Um, Last year he received, I think, what he probably considers the greatest honor thus far in his life, which was the Ellis Island Medal of Honor for his work in nonprofit, PR, and marketing. And it's an award that others like Dr. Oz and even former Google CEO Eric Schmidt have also received, a really, really high honor. Um, He's active at both Chapman here as well as the Pepperdine Business School. And really, you know, Sienna and I connected, I think, at the deepest level because we're kindred spirits. We're both huge cheerleaders for Orange County and really trying to inspire others to get more involved and and get back here. We always have great conversations, and uh, I think we both love to celebrate the amazing people here in our local community. Sienna, thank you so much for joining me on Accelerate OC today. Of course, thank you, Kerry. Uh, when you invited me, I immediately accepted. I had so much to share, so excited to talk about the entrepreneurial journey. 
And then of course, an unprecedented circumstances hit not just Orange County, but the world. So uh, today, St. Patrick's Day 2020, it's tough, uh, it's real. Uh, I'm in the people business and people are going through major inconvenience, major humanitarian health crisis. And we're sitting right in the center of that here as leaders in Orange County. And hopefully today we can talk a little bit about that, some of the things that we're doing to be mindful of everything going on, as well as some of the changes that the business world is making uh, across lots of enterprises, small to mid-sized businesses, nonprofits, education, how they're moving into platforms like the one you're interviewing me on right now to collaborate and continue the heartbeat of what is America's economy. So thank you for having me on your show. I wish it was a more uplifting day. I'm usually hard to contain because my energy levels are always firing on all cylinders. But really, uh, this has been a, a week of retreat and perspective and really ways that we can help our communities here locally as, as well as nationally. But thank you for having me. Yes, great to have you here. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, it is a time to uh, you know, reflect uh, in one hand and, and find that right perspective. Um, you know, as one of my good friends here says, you know, I, I, he sort of checks the boxes, says, if I have my health, uh, if I have food on the table and I have a roof over my head, then everything else is pretty much gravy. And I think, you know, it's, it, at times it's, it's hard for us to, to rem remember that when we're so ambitious in all the pursuits that, that we have. So let, let's get to the starting line. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that it was clear in the intro that I gave, you are really busy. And, you know, I just was talking about the ambition. I know we both have a lot of ambition to really enact and drive positive change and, and positive growth in the world. So how, how do you do so many things at the same time? I think that's something right. that many, many people just don't do well or they struggle with. How do you, how do you uh, manage to do that? I think, you know, going back to Chapman University when I was doing my undergrad and master's, there were a lot of associations and groups that I joined. Uh, again, just dates back to that energy level that I was born with to where I just wanted to do and taste as many opportunities as possible, whether that was a ski club or running for the House of Representatives or running for student body president, there was always this ambition that was born inside me. And Chapman, just like any university, really gives you the opportunity to try, fail, and rebuild. Well, in the real world, you don't really have that. If you fail, you know, that could be dragged with you for the rest of your life. And sure. I would say that time management really comes into it and delegation. I heard about delegation first from my doctor, uh, which I think I was like age 27 getting a physical. And he said, look, you're not going to live to 40 if you continue doing all this yourself. <laughs> That's all it took to put the shock uh, to me. I'm 45 now. So uh, I'm glad I took his advice because delegating and hiring people, be it contractors or full-time employees, really helped. And being able to put some of the workload, the caseload on people with, with better core competency, whether it's finance or coding or whatever those disciplines are that people are better than me, um, you know, really giving them that role and responsibility while I focused on leading the organization, developing the organization, implementing the vision, creating the vision, the areas that I eat and sleep every day uh, that comes natural to me. So the delegation is a big thing, Carrie, and I think as entrepreneurs, it's so hard to step back and start carving out some of the workload because you naturally just want control. You want to make sure that you understand outcomes. You want to be the one that is responsible for the things that are happening. But 
as your business starts to scale, I'm in a professional services business, it's impossible to, to grow if, if you're the one controlling it. So I go back to time management. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I, I have a, a wife that is a, a complete partner in this and you know, she supports me at home because it's not just the business management of running three companies. It's two children, it's a household, it's all the other things that come with that sure. balanced structure. So, um, you know, it's, it's having the right people that, that you can count on to, to help you fulfill, you know, that, that stable growth. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. You know, one, one of the jokes, I, I don't know if it's a joke, I, I try to remember its reality as I say to most people, I've, I've realized uh, after all these years that I'm actually not good at anything. And therefore, uh, if I'm good at anything, really, it's at finding people who are good at things to, to help do those things for me. Because Absolutely. Uh, so I think that, you know, I take that delegation uh, thing to heart, even though I do uh, often sign myself up for more than, than I can handle. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this really interesting time, as you spoke to, uh, and particularly in, in a world where people still need to move forward. They need to uh, make a living. They need to put food on the table, uh, keep that roof over their head. And, you know, some of that comes down to how do they get their little slice of the market conversation. And I feel like we, we, you know, every time I feel like some topic has consumed media attention beyond my greatest imagination, um, something bigger comes along. And I feel like this, at least in my lifetime, is the biggest consumer of media that I've ever seen. How do you, as a person who's fighting for media attention for your clients with PR and, and marketing, initiatives every day. How do you counsel them through uh, a situation like this? Right. So I've had uh, 25 years of career under my belt. So having lived through the year 2000, which is when the world was supposed to come to an end, when computers were going to freeze up uh, the world, uh, banking institutions and such. And that was a quick blip and we bounced back. Uh, then we had 9-11, which was my birthday, ironically, but a day that I'll never forget because of the impact and ripple uh, effect that took place. This was as internet was just being born. I think Netscape was at, at version two. Uh, Microsoft just entered in with the Explorer browser. So this is very early days of the internet medium. But that that's one that I remember that that is, is very consistent with, with some of the dynamics happening today. And then of course, what, what happened in 2008 with our financial systems, the subprime meltdown and just the cascading effect that took place with the Great Recession was very real here in the US. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I look back, I, I think about what we're going through this week and, and the, the imminent forecoming weeks of the, the mode that we're in as humans, as business people that wanna constantly move forward, but aren't equipped and are in uncharted territories. But experience builds wisdom, and that's what we all look back to, to, to realize, how did we deal with it back then? Because I recall uh, the day of 9-11, my fear was a different fear. It was more of uh, security as far as national security and you know uh, any sort of military action that was going to take place. It was a different sort of uh, anxiety than I think what the modern American may be facing today, which is more around healthcare and about uh, your loved ones and the concern going around hospitals being overloaded. These are unprecedented times for us. So it's, it's disaster thinking, 
And the part that really concerns me the most is how the internet as a medium has not behaved well. The internet blossomed into this thing that really helped businesses grow, helped people get their messages out. It was sort of the internet 1.0, which is the World Wide Web, which gave birth to millions of websites, to Google, to Yahoo, to search engines and all. And then came internet 2.0, and that's where the internet stopped behaving well because people's freedoms of speech started to turn from fact to potential gray area to theories, and that creates anxiety, and you compound what we're going through right now with that bad-behaving internet creates the response that's happening, not just from organizations and governments, but from the humans that, that make up all these uh, mm -hmm. places, right, including us. And it's uncharted territory. It, it's a new world that we're living in. But I really believe that right now, um, you know, we're going through a very hard time because of just the uncertainties. And that creates um, things that we don't like in ourselves and, and, and thoughts and, and that sort of stuff. But there really is always uh, something over the, the horizon that we learn from. And, and looking back at 9-11 again, you know, TSA was born from that, right? It's an inconvenience. It's something that we're going to have to live with probably for, for our lifetimes and, and the next generation. Added layers of security, added vigilance, the door locks that are on airplanes. These are all things that were born as a result of the crisis that we went through in 2001. Well, you're probably going to see some outcomes that are similar in nature from, from this uh, situation that we're coming through, whether it's social distancing, whether it's extra sanitization, whether it's these large group of events and how those are going to be modified. And this is a reality. So as a business owner, rather than, you know, just sitting back and just waiting to see what was going to happen, I really wanted to take action and, and activate my network. So we pulled together last week and as PR professionals and communications professionals, we had a conference call and decided to write a communications plan really for all of our clients. Here are the best approaches to communicate with your stakeholders. Now, whether you're a small startup business or a large multinational enterprise, you have multiple people you're talking to, be it your customers, your prospects, your employees, your workforce, all these people rely on communication. And as business leaders and organizational leaders, it's important to be consistent, use good word choice, and, and be brave. You know, step up, and speak up because those people that count on you for the paycheck and, and for the vision of the organization are counting on you today most. And so those are the things that we guided our clients with. So we sent out a, a memo that went through everything from how to use your website for crisis communications to staying on point to messaging. Mm -hmm. And many of our clients reached out to us right away to go through their plans and exercises with us. And that includes nonprofits as well as commercial enterprise. So there's a, a few thoughts on how we've reacted, Carrie, and I also took into play the IMA network, and we ran across one of our members who's based out of Seattle who contracted coronavirus, and she's a doctor and works for a big biomed company in, in marketing, and I did an interview with her on Friday, and it was, it was very sobering to hear what, what the condition of her situation was, what were the symptoms, what were the outcomes. How, how she didn't have to go to the hospital. And now that she's tested negative twice, you know, she's now able to, to return back to community. So 
that's information I wanted to share. Uh, I have a couple more interviews coming up, uh, one with Dr. Oz, who's a great uh, colleague and friend of ours, as well as uh, a gentleman who owns the largest portfolio of ed tech companies, and he just moved down here to Southern California. So to really talk about collaboration, what we're on right now, I'm, I'm sad to be your inaugural guest on Zoom, but the reality is this is where business is gonna move for the next several weeks, months, as this coronavirus plays out. And these platforms are very real, not just for business, but for education. Mm -hmm. Today was the first day our children stayed at home, I'm sure much like yours, where, uh, you know, my wife has become a teacher now. And yeah, mine is. She's yeah, well, there you go. She's going to start teaching kindergartners tomorrow via Zoom. So, so tell, me, tell me about your wife. And, and so she's a teacher, and now she's going to be teaching the kindergarten class through Zoom? Tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. Wow. So, yeah, brave new world. Well, you know, you think about Eric Yang, I believe that's his name, the founder and CEO of Zoom. And right now, um, beyond just a, a innovative company and a, a wildly successful entrepreneur, in many ways, he's creating business continuity for, for this uh, dilemma that we're in. The one thing I'm really happy to say is that I'm seeing a lot of businesses, a lot of my clients step up and really think about their employees first, think about their communities, think about the senior citizens. And I've, I've seen so much philanthropy and goodwill, uh, in addition to panic shopping and, and those things that, that we read about on social media. But as I had mentioned, there's, there's this bad behaving internet, but on the other side of that, there's a really good humanitarian outcome to this. And those are the stories that I'm focused on and ex exploiting to my network, is to really focus on the positive and to hear Absolutely. the outcome stories. You know? That's right. Well, I mean, you know, there are a couple, I think, related to, you know, what we're doing. We, we've been really ramping up local community events around startups here around OC4. And obviously, we've had to cancel a number of those. But we instead have doubled up and said, we're just going to do more and make them virtual and yeah. give people more opportunities to connect and engage because, so many other people are canceling events that those human connect points that we absolutely need are falling away. And right. it's already really lonely to be a startup founder and an entrepreneur, as you know well, that we need to really you know, extend that hand and, and extend the community as, as best we can. So you know, we'll, we're going to experiment with a bunch, and I'm sure some will work better than others, but we feel like you know, our role at this point is, to your point, is to be proactive and, and be courageous and, and really mm -hmm. uh, try to be there in service to others. So I, I think we're, you know, those are opportunities I've seen. You know, I had a friend of mine who's got a telemedicine startup who's seen incredible demand in just the last week. And, mm -hmm. you know, he raised capital for it in less than two hours yesterday by just letting people know what was going on. Um, because you know, to any scenario like this, there are going to be some beneficiaries. And I think a lot of physicians are realizing that telemedicine isn't a luxury. It's now a absolute necessity and reality of probably not just now, but their future. And so. Right. And, um, and you know, while that, while, while these sort of tools and businesses are, are definitely going to benefit my concern and focus is really on the mainstream, you know, Main Street business, right? So the restaurants, the bars, the movie theaters, where our mainstream workforce is employed. Um, you know, a lot of people live, live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, the cost of living is is very real for for folks, particularly uh, here. Most, 
Yeah, yeah, and, and to see our government's response, to see you know our administration and, and folks in, in local communities all stepping in, trying to figure this out. I think we have a lot of smart business people that are trying to figure this out, not just how to create a vaccine and deploy it, but how to get these people back to work. Because the last thing we want is a hibernation period. Because as people go to rest, it's really hard to wake up, right? Like you wake up in, in a different way. So that business continuity is really important. And for those that are being displaced right now, really trying to find an opportunity for them around some of these collaborative technologies or, or areas that we can put immediate part-time employment are things where I'm trying to put my time and attention as to how we can help help this generation that that is that is you know facing uh, crisis uh, and and really uplift them and you know you look at like uh, the, the K through 12 right now you know this has never happened before where you have millions of children that are now being taught by their parents uh, that are being taught by folks like your wife collaborating I mean kindergartners that's very interesting yeah uh, I have a preschooler that's also you know getting it through online and that's interesting and you know what would be interesting Carrie is to see how much more productive people are working from home so uh, I think homeschooling is a separate discussion but in professional services like mine uh, you know, companies like Salesforce, Microsoft, those that are now all working from home, I almost wonder if these workforces are more efficient that way because they're in their own work environments. That's how we work in our agency is, is mm -hmm. we work from home mm -hmm. and then a few days a week we go into our office and we meet. So it's very interesting to see the shift going on, but I think people will start adapting to it. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think there are certainly a number of companies that have been doing full remote for a long time and they have in their mind uh, a belief that they get a great advantage from that. Right. So I think the, the, uh, you know, the, the measurement of this and the, the long-term changes, you know, I think some of these are going to be call it the, you know, the genie in the bottle sort of scenarios where it's going to be hard to put them back. Um, certainly to put them back uh, right. entirely. So yeah, it, it, that'll be fascinating. So let's uh, let's talk a bit about um, entrepreneurs. So you know there there is uh, a gene that I think you know we as entrepreneurs this survival gene that we have that you know we know hey there's a tough time ahead we're gonna have to figure out how to hunker down how we're going to have to survive uh, on one hand in the short term but but you know I think we also tend to have these longer term views of of change and. We are, you know, by the nature of being an entrepreneur, we tend to have this change the world attitude about us. So you've been one for a long, long time, starting even while you were still a student. You know, what was it that, that really drew you to be that versus going a more corporate uh, career path? You know, um, I, I had uh, parents that were educators, so came from very modest upbringings, and my father's father was an entrepreneur and he created this uh, really successful ride-sharing business called Dolmush. That's what it means in Turkish is Dolmush is like where you have multiple people sharing the fare of a ride. And these are like big cars that they used to use back then. So think about these large older school uh, Cadillac sedan devils that could sit like 12 people comfortably. Mm -hmm. Well, those still exist. Uh, they're like in little minibuses now all over uh, the Middle East and Turkey and, and parts of Europe. And so that entrepreneurial gene definitely skipped a generation and landed square right in, in mm -hmm. my face. 
And uh, I got a degree in public relations. I was a, a waiter at Olive Garden, and my dad said, hey, you're really good at serving lasagna. You should go into PR. And I discovered Chapman because my dad started the soccer program there. I found the PR program being very relevant, and I focused all this energy that I had to, to really just expanding how much I can learn at, at a university uh, on a field. And I felt, you know, going from Olive Garden, I really never had a, a job other than a gas station job, working at Things Remembered and being a waiter at the Olive Garden. And then going from that to starting my business. And I interned for a few months for a company. I really learned the ropes of the agency business. And I thought, wow, you know, if I'm building websites and I'm being paid $25 an hour, yet they're marking it up to $125 an hour, I could sell better. Uh, and I, I very much respect that agency leader, but I need to start my business now. I got nothing holding me back. And that's a good thing for entrepreneurs is the less responsibilities you have as far as a spouse, children, bills, mortgages, car payments, all that, that's the time to strike. And I couldn't afford to pay my college loans, so I deferred into a master's program immediately. Chapman allows you to defer your loans and add more loans to the loans if you enroll in a master's degree. Yeah. And so I went for organizational leadership because that one didn't really require too much math. Uh, it was just more of leading organizations. I felt like this is something really intriguing to me. And then I got a certificate in HR. And while that was going on, I started my agency called KCOM. So that journey was, was really key. And as an entrepreneur, it was born there, Carrie. You know, that fire and that never quit mentality. And, and there's been so much adversity that I've faced in my life. I still face it just in different ways now. It, it, it sucks, you know. And, and you have to have that tenacity to just look long term. A good friend of mine who's the CEO of IMA, who you've interviewed, Sean Conrad, you know, I'll call him and I'll say, dude, ugh, I'm dealing with this thing. What do you think? He always says, dude, just look long term. Think of this and break it down into small pieces and look at the long term uh, outcome of this. And it's actually helped me in so many different ways. And as an entrepreneur, you know, Carrie, you know, I wouldn't say I'm successful. Some people say that, but success doesn't come easy, right? Success comes from failure and being able to stomach when you're getting hit as hard as possible by a bat. And, and being able to stand up the next day and start your day again. And, and all the people that count on you, you got to be positive. I always think of like how Jimmy Fallon and Johnny Carson and how these awesome Tonight Show, you know, these guys have shitty days. You know it, right? And it's like, how do they get up on stage and just stomach that horrible day they had and then they, they go to it? Right now, what we're dealing with is the biggest crisis of, of all of our lives. I mean, no matter how you look at it, we're all going to go through this. But I go back to what Sean Conrad says, you know, it's very proactive is like, think long-term, you know, what's the long-term on this, you know, that there is a, a horizon point to this as there is with anything in life. And it seems impossible in the moment, like, Oh no, there's no way this is ever going to like, you know, the page is never going to turn, but it will. And as an entrepreneur, you have to be ready for that. And it's, it's something that comes with experience. That's right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about um, AMA or I'm sorry, uh, IMA. So when you started the Internet Marketing Association, I mean, even as you were saying earlier, like the idea of, of the Internet was still very nascent. It was still very early 1.0. What was it that you saw that led you to say, you know, there's something here. This is going to be a key part of marketing um, and, and led you to create that. Right. So there were a lot of professional associations that would invite me to come talk on the topics of marketing, PR events, that sort of thing, the internet. 
And I was really surprised that I was like the best speaker they could get because there's a lot more intelligent people on the topic, right? So I'm thinking- I'm always okay. surprised anytime I get asked to speak on anything. Right? right? Like being on your show. Well, okay, maybe I should be on your show. But I'm just saying like back then, I was like 19, 20 years old. I'm thinking, really? Like there's people that work at Microsoft or Yahoo, but it was great because I, I was that B person, right? That call Sinon if we don't have a speaker. And I love, I love speaking. One of the things my dad recommended, this is good for your entrepreneurs, is Toastmasters. Sure. Toastmasters changed my life. At first, I thought it was a beer drinking club, so I was super excited. But it's anything but that, right? It's, it teaches you how to speak, and it teaches you, you know, on your feet. You could ask me any question. I could probably come back with a response. If I don't, I know how to tell you when I'm going to get back to you with that response. So it's almost like media training. Yes. And, and because I was able to speak like that, Carrie, and, and go into these associations and, and do these speeches, I thought, you know what? All these associations charge local dues and national dues, and it's kind of the same thing. You go to a hotel, a ballroom, you served a chicken dinner or lunch, and you get content by one vendor like myself that's really just there to try and drive up as much business as they can. They call it thought leadership, right? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start my own association. There's the Direct Marketing Association, Business Marketing Association, American Marketing Association, all these associations, but they're all the same. Local dues, national dues. So about 20 years ago, I came up with the name Internet Marketing Association. I trademarked it. I was stoked that it was available I knew we could build something because this community of leaders were starting to emerge around my business and just people I was meeting from universities I'd speak at to conferences. And I just amassed all those business cards and it started with like 30,000 and then it just started growing. And on a daily basis, we would get 20 to 100 memberships to come in through the website from all over the world. So the IMA has grown. We have a professional CRM. We have a virtual training program, and, and now we're, we're noticing uh, several people are, are coming on to the program. We have a partnership with Microsoft where 82 of their stores nationally, we put on IMA events. And then we have our annual conference called Impact. Uh, Impact has always been in Las Vegas. It's where my wife and I met. It's a city that I absolutely love, and it's a place where people feel like they can get away from wherever they're at. And it's got a, a great airport with lots of amenities, lots of hotel rooms, great dining. Uh, so we, we call it Impact Show because the last thing I ever want is for my events to be like those events that inspired me to start the IMA. You were kind enough to come and judge our startup and pitch battlefield uh, in 2019, and you got to experience some of that. So we go from entrepreneur Palmer Lucky to an Italian pianist, and we, we make it a show mixed with thought leadership. It's very unique and different than what the market usually offers. So obviously, given the, the circumstances of what we're all going through, it's amazing how in a matter of two weeks now, all that's up in the air, right? Because the IMA thrives on, on bringing people together. I believe that we are humans and we will come back to being together. Um, and it's just maybe our conference isn't four or 500 people. Maybe it's 200 people. We'll see. But I think about some of these like really big events like the Cardone events and the Tony Robbins events and, you know, these big national conferences that have tens of thousands of people, concerts. How are we going to return to that is, is where my mind's focusing on. And, and hopefully, you know, we'll be, we'll be proactive in those moments and, and think about it because I remember not too long ago, there was all these like horrible things happening in these big, big, you know, events where they had to up security 
at, at concert venues and such. Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's kind of a different thing. It's like an invisible enemy, right? So after we defeat this, it's going to be interesting how we go back to our, our ways. But that's how I started the IMA. This is where it's at. Uh, most of our business is virtual, but we do those in-store events at Microsoft. We do our conference in Vegas. Those are the things I live and die for, Carrie, because I get to meet people from all over the world that are all inspired by learning about best practices, social media, search engine optimization, how to build a great website, those sort of things. And it, it just kills me to, to see what we're going through right now because it starves that modern entrepreneur of something that, that they just want. And, and what's cool about us is if you want it for free, we'll give it to you for free. If you want to be a professional member, we'll teach you virtual training. You want to come to our conference, you can do it. So anyone can really come into the IMA and that's why we got so, so long. Well, I think that, that's a great, I mean, great story. And I appreciate that idea of being, you know, super inclusive and, you know, this big tent. And, and I think that's a good transition. You know, we got a couple minutes left, but, you know, last year I talked about a lot on uh, prior episodes that, you know, I got involved in this really exciting group here called the CEO Leadership Alliance of Orange County. And, you know, for, for many, they now know that, you know, a lot of the largest company CEOs here have stepped forward and said, you know, we need to lead. We need to lead together as a group. We're better together and we can create uh, a shared vision of an Orange County that works for everybody. And I feel like, you know, particularly at this moment in time, that has a lot of risk because of this crisis and um, what the economic fallout of that could be for a whole number of people. I'm really glad that you're also now involved in that too. You know, a core part of this is about changing the fabric of the jobs that we have here and focusing more deliberately around innovation jobs, because those are the jobs that are the multiplier jobs. Those are the jobs that are enabling other local economies in this country to thrive, not just today, but on a go forward basis. How do you think we can do that better here? Right. So, you know, when I think of Orange County, you know, we've got like 3.8 million people across 34 cities. It's where I was born and raised. And now I'm raising my family. This is where my businesses are headquartered. It's a lovely place. You know, yep. we've got so many amenities, the best of education. We got the mountains, we got the beaches, we've got great healthcare. We have incredible businesses here. And a lot of Orange County really the, the modern Orange County and how it has evolved is, is really thanks to Don Bren. Don Bren was a visionary and still is to a point where the pursuit of perfection and creating a, a lifestyle um, embraced by a, a beautiful canvas is what he's been able to pull off. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to carry that for generations to come. And it's, it's really the, the greatest gift that, that he could have given to, to all of us that get to live our children that are, are being raised here. Uh, it's a great hub for business, for commerce, for leisure, for hospitality. There's so many wonderful things that are gonna be born at the Great Park. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful adult uh, entertainment venue, right? I mean, it's got a little bit of everything that we can uh, have access to from Disneyland to the beaches and all. So it's not really tough to sell Orange County. Uh, I have colleagues like Palmer Lucky and yourself that, that feel equally passionate. And I think that's why folks like Doug Wilson and Mark Percy from the CEO Alliance have really looked upon us 
to educate our stakeholders and people about all that Orange County has to offer. And I think around this movement, Orange County either becomes a lot like a retirement community yes. or it becomes a thriving metropolis. And I think it's going to be the latter. I really believe that this is going to be a cross between some of the most beautiful beaches in Miami to uh, Silicon Valley. You look at some of the businesses here, yeah, they're not tech, but they're AI, they're machine learning, they're fintech. How I Met You was from our, our mutual friend, of course, uh, who's, who's a fintech entrepreneur. And, you know, it's, it's those sort of people that really bring innovation to Orange County. I, I don't think we should be a leader in tech. I think we should be in the leader in the things that we're already leading. Look at Edward Life Sciences with the heart valves that they're making and Medtronics and all these incredible employers that are here, like the Automobile Club of Orange County, Disney. Uh, we've got so many incredible workforces here. But we also have some innovation that is is incredible, you know, and it's 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 enviable. You look at Palmer Lucky; he could have picked anywhere he wanted uh, in the nation to to open Antrol Industries, and he picked Orange County. And that's going to be wonderful for for our region because a lot of businesses are going to be born, a lot of vendors are going to be working for him. Um, you know, it's it's the real deal. So these are the things that I think about and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be part of that CEO alliance, and there's a lot of networks and communities that we've been able to, to connect with with the folks over there. And again, I credit Don Bren and his, uh, it, you know, talk about an entrepreneur who never gave up. Um, yep. This is the outcome that you get. You know, look at the infrastructure that's created here, the transportation, OCTA, the municipalities, how well our governments work. Uh, I'm very proud of Orange County, and I think it's a leader for the rest of the nation, if not the world. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. So we're running up against time. Um, so final lap, one of the things I always ask my guests to do is to share kind of a piece of advice or a lesson that, that really sticks with them. So as you think about other entrepreneurs here, which could be they're already underway or maybe folks who are thinking about how do I create that innovative startup uh, of the future here in Orange County? What, what thoughts or advice do you have for them? Right. So, you know, one of the things like, like if you look back at how I started my businesses, um, I was really good at programming just generic code as well as communications and public relations and Toastmasters, right? So I had all those skills make a baby, right? Mm -hmm. And so find a way to carve a niche for yourself. Find a way to be different from other people that are doing what you do. So like Sean Conrad, who I mentioned earlier, right? He, he uh, is, is CEO of IMA, but he's also a principal at Epic Insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy is incredibly athletic. He's incredibly health conscious. And those are the things that he's been able to adapt into his own thought leadership. So, you know, it makes him more relevant and more interesting for me to want to do business with him. So whatever it is about Kerry Ransom or whatever it is about Sinon or, or Brenda or John or Melinda or whatever, expose that inner thought leadership, expose your lifestyle and who you are. A lot of our clients will guide them like, don't just put another photo of yourself in a suit in the newsletter. Like, what are the things that really make you passion? Is it mountain biking? Is it spending time with your children? Well, put that photo in there because that's how people connect is that mm -hmm. authentic self. Yes. Authentic self is so important. And especially with this newer generation, there's so much variety in that authentic self. 
with the things that people are into. Like Hall Roosevelt at our company, he's an avid mountain climber. He loves the outdoors. And the pictures and the things that he sends back to us is so uplifting for a lot of us that don't do those things. So those are the things that people are drawn to is more the human things. And, and you know, one other bit of advice is just be cool to people, you know, like if someone doesn't want to hire you or work with you or, or something doesn't go your way, don't, don't get upset, you know, just, mm-hmm. just absorb it. That's entrepreneurship, you know, that's leadership. You have to hear a lot of no's. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for every like five no's, you get a yes, maybe a maybe. Okay. Then like every 10 no's, you get a yes. Right. Uh, Get used to rejection because it's humbling. You learn. And then as my dad would always say, like, you're not going to enjoy success if you don't have failures. And when you, when you get, it's going to taste so good. and It's going to feel so good. You'll be so proud of yourself and share your success. So people know how to, you know, uh, expand upon that. So those are, those are my advice. And, um, you know, it, it's been an absolute honor. I, I love working with you, Carrie, the work that you're doing. I, I'm so glad that Kyle, uh, camera has introduced us and, and, you know, I feel like we're just getting started in many ways and the things that we're going to be doing, uh, in the Absolutely. years to come. And it's leaders like you that are going to help direct and shape the County. So it's, it's an honor to be part of this. Well, I, uh, I'm so grateful that you joined. I mean, you you have set uh, a standard here. I think in Orange County by you know your service heart, your service attitude, and you know all that you do to connect others, to serve others, and I think it inspires a lot of people. Seen on so thank you for being you, for being your authentic self, and for. Uh, being part of the Accelerate OC family, you are certainly doing your part as we try to move things forward here uh, in the years to come. So thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you, Carrie. Best to you, your family, your audience, everyone that's involved, and you can count on us and our resources to support you as well. So thank you very much. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Talk soon. Take care. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together.